0: Greetings, kindred witches. Welcome to the Atomic Hearth for this Sunday Haven.
1: Here we share our experiences as we build a modern-day inclusive witchcraft practice rooted in nature's seasons, celestial cycles, and the science of energy.
2: Join us as we build a practice that learns from our past, is rooted in our present, and works toward building a better future, all while connecting deeply to the earth and sky around us.
0: Let us begin a new era of witchcraft. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our grove here at the Atomic Hearth.
1: As always, we are so grateful for this community and for all of you choosing to spend a portion of your Sunday here with us.
2: I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that we are currently here on the lands of the Coast Salish peoples, more specifically the the Duwamish and Muckleshoot tribes. We want to take a moment here to honor the ancestors of the land on which we reside. Thank you. As we gather in this grove, may we reach into ourselves and connect with the witch within.
1: Please join us as you feel comfortable in saying these words. From stardust we came, and to dust we return. Earth and bone.
2: Air and breath.
1: Fire and blood. Water and flesh.
2: As witches we gather, at one with the trees and the stars.
0: Come and be welcome. Good moon, witches, let's talk seasons, lunar tides, and celestial happenings. We are mid-quarter, a time when the shift, the transition, starts to feel noticeable. Leaves begin to hint at the coming shades. Birds sing as the ground starts to thaw. Despite what the groundhog says, summer and winter aren't quite over, but we have started to dip into the liminal, the time between, and the time of the equinoxes. In the southern hemisphere, this is the time of harvest festivals usually one of many as the days begin to shorten. It begins a time of gratitude and counting one's bounty for the year. It's a good time to reflect, especially as we approach a new moon. What worked well? What could use a bit more energy? Use this coming new to full moon before the equinox for one final push or to lay some things to rest. You can always try again in the spring or perhaps first there is something you must let go of to make space for what you desire. Something to ponder is the Seasons of Release approach. First, it's a time of appreciation and celebration of whatever the metaphorical harvest brought in. Here in the northern hemisphere, winter is still tossing us around a bit, some places drowning in water, others without a lick of snow. Despite the chaos, the march towards the equinox moves steadily on. As it does, it's time to take those big vision board dreams and put a lens of practicality on them. Narrow it down so that your energy isn't being spent in a bazillion different places. You know, find a few visions to lean into. As the new moon moves towards full, it will be time to build your actual vision board. But for now, it's about doing what we in project management call a scope check on all those awesome things you've been dreaming about since candle nights. This means asking yourself what your priority are, priorities are. This will help you narrow down to which visions get your energy and like actual literal time. Because to attract and manifest things, you have to get practical. Spend this new moon reviewing that vision list. Consider what steps and achievements may need to come first. How to break down goals into smaller pieces and more. Lunar tides be with you.
1: Welcome back and welcome to at the hearth today. We're talking all about attraction magic. Now attraction magic is a type of magic that sort of encompasses everything that we want to bring into us. So this could be everything from money to a new job, a new place to live traits you want to encompass. And of course, it encompasses love magic as well. It falls into that category of growth magic rather than like a banishing magic. So you're seeking to pull things to you and to build energy rather than clearing out and clearing away. Um, it's also a great framework that can be used and applied to all kinds of magic work. So candle magic, crystal magic, etc., cetera, et cetera, can all encompass attraction magic, or you can use these elements within your attraction magic spells. So yeah, we're going to provide a great overview here today.
2: So... Is manifesting the same thing as attraction? When I'm doing attraction magic, am I bringing things to me that are already out there, or am I bringing something new into being?
0: I would say that what you mentioned is a good general distinction between the two. Attraction magic tends to be for existing things, while manifesting is more about bringing something new into being. However, I will say that attraction magic and manifestation often run parallel, kind of like interweaving threads. I've certainly manifested something for someone else by accident uh, because I didn't really add in that attraction element. And on top of that, you can't really attract what doesn't exist. You would need to manifest that first. Now you can do attraction magic without manifesting, or you can pair the two for like a more complete picture. So a good example is a house. You can attract a pre-built house or you can manifest and attract what you need to build a house, bringing something new into being. Or another way to look at it is that you might manifest a vision of a different life and then use attraction spells to bring those elements to you, the job, the house, the, the partner, whatever. You know. And I will also add that charm magic and attraction charms are two separate things. So when doing attract- <laughs> So when you're doing attraction magic, Making charms can be like a key element in what you're doing. So, you might make a charm in your spell work, charge it, and carry it with you. And these things might be items, it could be words, it could be sigils, and they're often tied to a very specific attraction spell. On the other hand, charm magic is a type of magic that focuses on blending attraction work and interpersonal relationships. So, in our witch's wheel, we list that branch of magic as optional since it's something that doesn't align with everyone's values, and it often requires a high level of integrity and kindness to do without being manipulative or harmful, even by accident. Um, so that being said, some folks are born with a high level of charisma, that charisma skill like D&D, uh, you know, they've got like a high rating there. Um, but, uh, you know, and that includes some charm magic kind of just built into who they are, and then you can also amplify that through um, different techniques and strategies. So... Overall, I would say that manifestation, attraction, and charm work though are all really interconnected, but have some distinct differences that makes practicing each a little bit unique.
1: Um, I find that like all magic, attraction magic uses some truly key elements uh, throughout your spell work. And personally for me, two of the biggest ones are gonna be like conviction. I find that if I clearly and directly state what I want, how I want it, I attract it stronger to myself than if I just kind of take more of a passive approach to something. I've had people describe my method before as putting the foot down approach, which sounds a little silly, but I oftentimes see results. If I personally try to half heartedly attract something or just kind of like, mm, I guess I want this, the energy kind of fizzles out, and oftentimes it just doesn't work at all. But within that conviction, i like I have to be specific as well. I can have tons of intention behind and like an energy behind like what I'm trying to attract me but if I'm being wishy-washy in what I want then I'm gonna get wishy-washy results or results that I don't want and it's like wishy-washy in that like being too vague like say trying to attract a job in the field that I want but I don't get into specifics so like I may attract a job but it doesn't have a good salary or poor work-life balance so that's where we're becoming specific really really plays key for me And then, of course, having an attitude, a good attitude around what I'm trying to attract plays a big role in this. You can't attract something to you if you keep saying you don't have it or you can't have it and keeping yourself in kind of a a lack mindset. You're just going to end up sabotaging your own magic by bringing in that negative energy when you're trying to attract what the positive side of it, you know, it kind of cancels each other out. And like, you don't need to exactly have like an abundance mindset, though, if you're Attracting an increase in finances or a new job with a better pay, that definitely helps. But it's more like a yes, I can have this. I deserve this. It exists within me kind of attitude. It's almost the fake it till you make it, but be authentic within it. But and I Ash, I know that for you like timing is everything when it comes to magic.
0: Um yeah, especially for attraction spells, it's it's really all about timing for me. So Uh, While you can do attraction magic at any point in the year, I find it to be most potent when you can line up all the growth energy kind of happening. So the spring season spells done at sunrise and emphasized from first quarter to full moon pack a lot of punch for me. So because you're weighing in there on like the seasonal energy, you're also getting the uh, lunar energy and the solar energy. So now if you can't have all those like I get it. Try as you can for as many as you can, keeping in mind that at least one current in the river is going upstream and against the energy you're trying to work for, and it might cause a little friction in the spell work. So that means for those of you in the southern hemisphere, you might not get the spring boost right now for attraction spells, but you could still certainly lean into the sunrise and moon cycle for that work. Additionally, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, but like a morning practice isn't going to cut it for you, I would just avoid doing it right at sunset, letting the decreasing energy cool before trying to attract, or you will have like a direct conflict working against you. Another thing to keep in mind for me for attraction spells that they take time, like more than one moon cycle. So as we move into spring and start planting seeds of attraction spells, it's a continuous watering process between magical and practical means. Each lunar cycle is a time to reevaluate and adjust, which means when I start the work in March, it may be June or July before I see things start to really gain traction with harvest just as fall hits, right? So it, it really does kind of line up with that cyclical wheel. And you can probably start attraction spells as late as June or July, but beyond that, the heavy summer energy will start to take hold and it really just kind of becomes stagnant and you kind of lose some of that growth energy as we hit the summer solstice. And it's good that these things take time because it's not just as simple as like lighting a candle, visualizing the thing and going about your day, or even just doing a spell. You must put practical steps behind this, not just because it makes logical sense, but from a science of magic standpoint, in order for a spell to work, we must generate energy. Then we must give that energy someplace to go. The practical part is both the generation of the energy and the direction. And so it's key that during like all of that work, that your mind, your energy and mood all align. Alyssa was talking a lot about this, you know, it's about conviction and um, being specific. And so if you go about your day and you're like working on your resume and you just feel dread and unhappiness as you're working on your resume, guess what you just charged your resume with? And is that the type of job you really want to manifest? No matter what you write on the paper. It's really about the energy that's going to go into what you, what you did or were feeling when you wrote, the pa- wrote on the paper. So you've got to have that conviction. You know. Same thing like if you're carving it into a candle, right? No matter what you do, approach the work with the attitude you want that energy to have. And that goes for like, all kinds of spell work. Jay, what about you? What have you experienced as key here?
2: Yeah, well, being pretty new to attraction magic myself. A key element in all my spell work, so I'm incorporating it here now as I'm getting into this, is the careful and meaningful use of words, uh, and even story structure. If I'm putting in work aligned with a particular intent, I try to be intentional and pretty immersive in how I cultivate the space and the time I spend with whatever I'm working on. So for instance, right now I'm actively beginning some attraction magic work, aimed at a specific potential work opportunity. So as part of that, I've made efforts to fill my workspace, both physical and virtual, with reminders and little notes that capture not just meaningful words, but really the narrative I'd like to live into as a result of my magic. I guess you could say it's my way of taking this idea that Alyssa shared of like, like, yes, I can attitude and comments just now from Ash of putting out the energy and mood that reflects what I'm attracting and adding my own spin to immerse myself in the idea of being a character in the story of my life who succeeds in attracting what they're striving toward. This kind of immersion helps me channel really naturally the right energy, moods, words, and such uh, so that uh, it's right there at my fingertips being immersed in this story I've come up with.
1: But as we do talk about this subject, uh, there are definitely some key things I like to keep in mind as I am doing attraction magic. Uh, this first one's going to sound a little contradictory to what I've said, but I trust me, it's not. And that is be open. Uh, you know, I've talked about being specific, but the and yes, ask for what you want specifically. But the method in which you encounter or received what you're trying to attract may not look how you planned for it to come into your life. Uh, Even if you, you may even end up attracting something that just like didn't look like what you had exactly in mind. for, For example, if you have a specific vision of your dream house, what you attract may not look like that right away, but with a couple of years of work, you end up transforming it into that dream. Or maybe you attract a job that is amazing and just the right environment and pay that you're looking for. It hits all those great marks, but it's in a field that you never dreamed of applying in but it's perfect for you. So I guess be open to being surprised. Hold that specificity, but allow like the universe to work in mysterious ways, I guess. And then, of course, I feel like it's super important here to go back to an old antidote that I'm sure everyone has heard of, which is be careful what you wish for. This is also where kind of it ties into being specific for me, because a witch with a lot of power behind spells will often pull in what they're attracting, but sometimes in unintentional ways or with unintentional or even negative results. Or sometimes you can even attract exactly what you want, but it's not healthy for you. So I know someone who worked really hard to attract like this like fiery, passionate, romantic relationship, and they got that, but it also came with a lot of toxicity. So take caution. Like really really be careful what you wish for and speaking of I also highly recommend using caution on the internet so we I know we live in a digital age and I have seen more than once people trying to sell like insta work attraction spells online or like sliding into people's dms and being like hey I feel super called to you and to help you with this like you know, and just kind of preying on people's wants and desires and preying on the practice in a little bit. So I recommend using caution, especially when it, when it comes to attraction magic, because if you have those elements in there, then honestly, you might just bring in something that you don't want.
0: Yeah, Alyssa, you mentioned how specificity is super important. And I think it's because what I just kind of like to remind people is that like electricity and all energy magic will take the path of least resistance, which means we have to provide plenty of direction or wires and conduits to get where we want. And yes, keep your expectations open enough that if the wires do get crossed, we are open to what new thing may be happening. But a couple ways to think of this, and it ties into Alyssa's warning of being careful what you wish for, but let's say you really don't wanna go to a social function. So you put that manifestation out into the world without any direction that could have actual deadly results. One way or another, you might not end up at that social function, and it may not result with you at home in comfy pajamas. There are too many paths for magic to take. Instead, if you focus on being at home in comfy PJs portion, often you'll find the night cancels itself. It will also caution that, as it's been said, words are important. As a young witch, I tried the whole calling in fake sick day, only to find myself actually sick, so be careful. (laughs) A good way to help provide tacit information there that is specific and a bit more of a conduit is to include tactile elements. And so these help create a bit of a solid conduit to return to over time. So for spells around money, you might involve actual bills and coins or bank statements. For house hunting, it might be the rental section of the newspaper or a housing listing. For love spells, you can use a variety of things, flower petals being a favorite for me, But please never ever use a photo or items of a specific person in a love spell we talk a lot about specificity with the exception of love spells um here free will above all trumps and love spells that bind people have really nasty effects or price so to speak so when it comes to love spells it's about attracting traits it's about attracting scenarios um, and you really want to think about the whole picture, uh, as Alyssa mentioned, right, you can attract a lot of passion, but you can also, if you don't say that you want it to be a healthy relationship, right, you might also get the toxicity that comes with it. So with uh, love charms and love spells, it's about creating specifics there, not about creating specifics in people. No matter the spell, though, a tactile object can be a conduit in our charm, and it really helps provide that like focal point for both energy and goal work.
2: Uh, I would like to ask another question, which is about when things are not working. When I spend time and feel there's no result to my practical and witchy efforts, it can be disheartening and challenging to know what to even do at that point. What are some recommended ways to reset or refresh a spell or, I don't know, maybe signs that I've been doing something wrong or missing something? You know, my typical go-to's here are step back try to hit the reset pause button a refresh of my space my altar the tools i've been using is my first instinct typically followed by a visit to my astral home although occasionally even there i still feel a little lost about how to pick up on the best adjustments to make am i on the right track what what more would either of you say i could try in these moments
1: oh first of all those are all great approaches to sort of like If you feel like a spell isn't going right, how to kind of readjust from there. But um, I would say that if you feel like something's going wrong or like, quote unquote, you've done something wrong, you just sort of really take a moment and examine what you've done. For instance, maybe like your expectations were too high for what you're trying to attract or your timeline that you set on it was way too soon. Take a moment to reevaluate your timeline or adjust your expectations. As Ash said, this type of magic takes time and work to come to fruition. So you've got to allow yourself that. And then, of course, you got to check in with yourself and ask, like, am I self-sabotaging the spell through negative talk or negative thoughts? Or am I even letting other people and other people's negative talk and thoughts and beliefs sort of muck things up a little bit? just really it's going to take some deep diving but like you got to really take a moment and consider why you're holding negative views around this or if you are or if you're letting outside voices kind of influence you people are telling you no you can't have this why are you allowing that to come in it's it's going to take some work but um yeah highly recommend that sort of introspection and then like maybe it's just about If you feel like there's negative energies coming in, like from other people, maybe it's just about reinforcing your protection around your spell work, (laughs) kind of black out the noise a little bit. And then, of course, reexamining what you are actually asking for or things specific enough or maybe too specific. Sometimes you might need to adjust a little bit, make it a little bit more specific or widen the view a little bit. Like Say you're trying to manifest a job, but like maybe the job doesn't have to have like An exercise room and a massage table and a pool table and like all these things, like maybe broaden the horizons a little bit more. And if you're not specific enough, like what are some specific attributes that you want in what you're manifesting? But I understand like feeling disappointed when a spell didn't work, which is honestly why it's just sort of where a good reset and refresh could come in.
0: Yeah, when a spell is a bit dead in the water, so to speak, it can be important to give it a refresher. You know, personally, I like to do this work last quarter through first quarter of a moon cycle. So it kind of encompasses that uh, new moon time, a little bit of the waning, releasing energy, and then, of course, that little bit of buildup. And really, at whatever time I can give it the best version of myself. So You know this is one of those things as you get to know yourself as witch and just human knowing where your energy peaks are through the day knowing when you are most connected with certain parts of yourself that's super key i mean that is your own internal cycle and you want to be able to use your energy cycles in in congruent with all the others um so this might look like revisiting spell elements themselves and refreshing them you know fresh herbs readjusting words moving things around on the altar Uh, Jay mentioned, you know, the astral home for there, I might go in and literally kind of go through the visual act of dusting things off and readjusting things, just putting my hands on everything uh, in the astral space. But it's also uh, about taking a good hard look at doing the practical things, right? Like, which as I have come to learn in life, you know, not everyone is really taught what those are or how to do them. Unfortunately, most education systems throughout the world don't really cover that part. So getting a job, getting a house, those actually require quite a process, right? And it, it starts with little things and it, and it mounts to big things, important things, contracts and all those kinds of things. So spend some time learning about the process before you dig in if, if you're not familiar with it. So this is like literally just do some Googling or find a friend who's been through it. Um, and even if you are, you know, looking to attract friends or a partner, those things take commitment and effort. You have to like go out and meet people, and then you have to follow through on plans and be a good, just general match for each other, right? So there's there's some things there that have to work out, and there, you know, some of it is just practical. Uh, you know, sometimes it's really hard to be a partner with somebody if your work schedules are such that you're never ever going to get to spend time together, um, unless there's going to be a change in which you maybe you're going to go back and revisit, and your attraction actually needs to be, you need to attract the right working times, right? whatever. It can kind of be this back and forth process until you really get what you want. Um, And sometimes it can be hard to know where to start or how to get unstuck with just the the practical things. So Jay, who is a project manager, um, I was just wondering, what are some of your favorite tips for achieving goals and breaking things down? Like the practical steps sometimes are really hard for folks. It can be really hard to get going. So what would you offer as as some help there?
2: You know, I knew project management was gonna sneak its way in here eventually, and here it is. Uh, but you're absolutely right that this is the kind of stuff that's so seldom taught. It's it's not, and it's hard when these things come up. So, um, what I would say is exactly to your point about learning about the process, just understanding everything about it. My recommendation is you know, take a moment to map out the sequential steps from where you are to where you want to be, or even backwards, from where you want to be back to where you are. If you're a visual person, a tabletop and some sticky notes is a nice way to do this. And if visuals aren't your thing, you can verbally record yourself walking through each step and then listen back to it afterwards and kind of think as you go through each step about what each one entails. Mapping things out allows us to get unstuck by exploring individual steps in their own little spotlight. And then on top of that, taking a potentially intimidating thing like getting a job and breaking it down into individual steps is an easy and honestly really powerful way to lower the magnitude of the goal ahead of you by instead seeing a path of small digestible goals, which all on their own may be far simpler to tackle one by one. So often... This kind of process management analysis, whatever you want to call it, is used in a you know, work setting to help multiple people get aligned together on what all the steps of a process really are, especially if they're not exactly on the same page at the moment. So, you know, it's interesting in a magical context. It reminds me of another question I had, which is about specifically with attraction magic is there a way to do attraction magic with another person? or even a group of people? I mean, if everybody wants the same thing, is, is there a way to do that?
0: Oh, most definitely. I would say it gets a bit trickier though, since you really wanna be aligned on the vision of what you're looking for. This is where I think those tactile elements really come become even more key and like building a vision board together, right? So you have some a shared actual vision um, can be really, really helpful. And then when working with other another person it's also going to be about having an established bonded energy practice this usually includes the ability to raise circulate and release together without too much focus on that process you want your focus instead to be on what you're trying to attract or manifest and raising energy is of course going to be some sort of activity like circulating is gonna involve connection and releasing is going to involve some focus So Alyssa,
1: what have you experienced when working with others or groups? Growing up, my family were very spiritual woo-woo, if you will. Uh, So I definitely have done some attraction and manifestation, quote unquote, magic with them in the past, very similar to a lot of the spell work that we've talked about so far. Uh, Some key things that we like as we work together we had to keep in mind as a group was like yeah definitely like you mentioned like sort of aligning those energies all together make, raising that energy together uh, so that we're all kind of all the same page to begin with and then always having like a clear goal and a clear intention like really discussing it and coming into it uh because if we have too many goals or like too unclear of an intention altogether, we're gonna either attract like a weird smattering of things or like something that's a very unclear result so everyone kind of has to really be on the same page and we all have to do the work. Like you can't just be like one person, say, trying to manifest a house. I like can't just be one person looking for houses or meeting realtors or, you know, it's everyone's got to contribute. Everyone's got to keep make making sure that energy is moving in the right direction. And we all have to be on that same page. It comes back to that attitude. Um, you know, if say you're working with a group of three people, uh and two of you are like yes we can do it we've got this we have this we can attract this and one person's just like "Eh, i guess i don't know one bad apple here really does in fact spoil the bunch because it kind of like it goes what you were saying earlier ash about how like energetic rivers working against you um especially with the timing but here that sort of like energetic river even though you have two people who are on the up and up and positive and one person's kind of bring in a negative attitude like that just definitely lessens the magic um and I've also like I've never done group magic outside of people that like I've been close with and I usually recommend doing group attraction magic especially with people that you are close with and uh, it doesn't have to be family it could be like friends but not necessarily like in a casual group setting I just find that if you're working with people that you're more in tune with or in sync with that the magic just flows better it's easier to be clear and it's easier to attract if you're trying to do group attraction magic with say a witchcraft group that you meet up with once a quarter and don't really interact with outside of that then the magic could be watered down or scattered or even have some odd elements introduced that you weren't looking for so
0: yeah, you know, something to be aware of, and this can be especially true when working with others, is the consequence of drawing too much energy and blowing right past the goalpost, or the opposite, which is aiming for something too big and not giving it enough oomph. And honestly, this bit de- depends on the energy equation you and the people you are working with bring to the table. And this is this applies as, as just as much with solo as it does with group work, but we all have a resting level of energy output. And some people exude energy, others have a calmer vibe you know, you, you've, you've been around folks, I'm sure you all are able to identify those folks in your life with either of those. Um, the goal is that you're able to identify it within yourself as well. So once you know your own standing power level, so to speak, you can then calibrate the amount of effort you're going to need to exert to match the energy you're trying to create. And then the last part of the equation is to understand the practical sphere of influence in which allows you to aim within range. So you've got, you know, your power level, you've got your effort and you've got your range. So once you understand your standing power level, the amount of effort you can put in to amplify that, and the range of your influence, you have the best chance at calibrating your spell work. After that, it's a lot of trial and error, just like if you were training on a bow and arrow, which is one of the many reasons that a spell may work for one witch and not another. Some witches like or need more amplification in their spell work, and, uh, and depending on the user's power, effort, and range, this may cause another uh, person to use that same spell to either blow past the goal or come shy. You know, it's all very uniquely uh, um, a chemistry equation for each individual witch, right? You kind of have to find that tune. If you're working in a group, you've got you've to take everybody's into account and then figure out what the counter balances or, you know, what your tool amplification is. So I know that sometimes when you put that much energy out there, it can attract some unwanted things. Alyssa, how,
1: how do you manage that? Ooh, good question. Um, well, some of that is definitely comes down to like some preemptive work ahead of time. You know, it comes down to making sure like goes back to once again, clear wording, clear intention, but also having like a clean energy and that like a, like a clear heart, a clear mind as you're going into these things. Um, And like to be cautious of like some tricky wording because you know like you said with the the accidentally manifesting yourself an actual sick day like be careful of your words uh words are powerful and especially when a witch was uses words words are absolutely powerful so be cautious in your working wording and then i've always grown up with the saying that like like attracts like so as you're doing this work as you know you're going through your attraction magic your spells Be aware of your energy. If you are, you know, great energy with your attraction magic, great energy with your spells, but then outside of that, you're putting out negative energy into the world. uh, You might not bring in the best of things that you're trying to attract. And of course, it's always recommended that you don't really talk about your spell work with outside people or outside forces, especially if you don't want outside energies, um, it could just potentially poison the pot and kind of muck things up for you if you have, are telling your spell to someone who actually doesn't want you to have what you're trying to manifest or attract or it's just, it just adds a lot of sort of chaotic energy. Um, but if you do end up accidentally attracting things, it's kind of take a, like a stop, drop and roll, if you will, but in a magical sense uh really take that moment to pause like we talked about like things not working and taking a moment to pause if you find that you're attracting negative things definitely take that moment and pause and sort of evaluate what could potentially be bringing those things and is it your wording is it your energy that you're putting out is it outside influences and then of course like if i find that i have somehow attracted something negative i like to take time to like cleanse cleanse my own energy, cleanse the energy of the space that I'm working in cleanse my tools that I'm working with, et cetera, et cetera. I find that sometimes things just kind of come in and it just needs to be, nope, shoo, shoo, go away and like sweep it out the door, if you will. And then of course, like with that, you have to reinforce your own energy because nature abhors a void, you know? So if you clear out that negative energy, you've got to like then bolster up and reinforce that positive energy within yourself.
2: Yeah, in times when I noticed I've attracted unwanted things, that's when I'm finding that not just meeting but knowing my witch within really comes in handy. I've continued to spend time working on this, this uh, as my witch's wheel focus lately, and adding to Alyssa's reinforce your own energy note. Some of what's come up is just having clarity and confidence about what my own energy feels like and comes from. So for me, this is often found in specific stories, songs, words, symbols, which bolster my sense of self and create some tangible ground to land on when I do need a moment to figure things out and reset. And on that note, I'm really excited to continue this conversation next, Haven. as we're going to talk more about specific spells, including the science behind attraction energy and our favorite spells for houses, money, love, and more.
1: For now, we are actually going to open up the floor to all of you and to any questions that you might have about attraction magic.
0: Um, I'm going to pull a question from our community bucket, which is, um, and we talked about this a little bit, um, but uh, just for the sake of answering a question in the community. So related to being specific and being careful what you wish for, how can a person avoid being too big with what they're attracting? Well, I mean, I don't want to. St- I don't think anybody should put a damper on their dreams, but I will say that, like, let's say you are, you are trying to attract. I don't know. Um, maybe you're trying to attract a really high level job, right? And uh, the practicalities of it is maybe that there may be a few steps in between. So if you find that your big picture dream, if you're not able to manifest it or attract it, it may be that it needs to be carved into more digestible pieces. That you need to attract more individually. Right. So that's what I would say is like, I don't think there's anything that's too big. You might just have to, you know, make slices of the pie. What what do you think, Alyssa Jay?
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Like it's definitely like there's a difference between, you know, jumping from say a part-time employee to CEO of the company (laughs) in the course of a month instead of like, actually like, yes, work on that big dream, work on that big goal, but like acknowledge that like, you've got to do a lot of the actual practical work in between, you know, you got to get those promotions, you got to make friends with the company, you got to like, really do the work, like actual work. So I totally in agreement there. And, you know, avoiding going too big, that's, I mean, I'm always a big dreamer. So I totally do the big dreaming and sometimes because I do wish we lived in like a magical world where I could just instantly wish things into existence I do tend to want things to come in a little bit faster but so I like to break down my big dreams into small dreams like you know one of my big dreams that I would love to attract into my life is like sort of like homestead kind of not farm but like hobby farm we'll say life um and what are the things that You know, I acknowledge that I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be on that homestead hobby, hobby farm. But what are some practical things that I can do in the meantime? Like I absorb any and all books I can on like gardening and farming and animal raising. And I look at like dream properties and such and see what I can do. So, you know, going too big is there is no going too big as long as it's within an appropriate amount of time, I guess is what I would say.
2: I was just gonna to totally agree and and I think the only personal opinion I'll add to that is I tend to think of things as we often do in this group um in scientific terms uh thinking about the movement of energy, you know so if, if i'm if I'm attracting something to me then it, it does need to necessarily leave somewhere else uh or necessarily someone else, but you know it has to if it's something that already exists and it's not with me yet it has to go away from somewhere else to come to me so like in that you know oh, i want to be the ceo tomorrow kind of example and have a million dollar raise to my salary well that's a million dollars that maybe uh other people at the company suddenly can't have or you know there there are consequences to such a sudden and dramatic change in resources and energy um and so for me i love i love your example as of you know don't be afraid of dreaming too big but dream in a way that meets you know that meets that meets the proper path to that thing um so that it's it's sustainable it's you feel great about how you got there you feel great about when you're there it feels stable and secure and um whatever that thing is and even from a relationship standpoint you know if you're single and you try to manifest it well tomorrow i'm going to meet someone and get married in 24 hours that I mean that may happen but you <laughs> that may be maybe not the kind of fulfilling and sustaining relationship that you actually were wanting um so i think that all sounds like great advice to me too
0: yeah i love that you talk uh, kind of touched on the price of things or the cost or the balance of things really is what it is because you know as you um, you know, like with a house, as you're attracting the house, you're right. It has to leave somewhere else. And you are also leaving something else behind for whoever is attracting that thing. So it's, it's, I, I love that interesting mm. cost price dynamic that happens, but it, it's very true, right? Like, uh, same thing with the, the, the big raise at work, like, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people do use attraction magic for quick things. Like I want to, I want a million dollars tomorrow. I need all my bills paid tomorrow. Right. And that gets really tricky because, again, we talk about how, one, it takes time. It takes a lot of practical work. And so, you know, when people are like, well, how do you you build money and wealth over time? There are some great uh, resources out there. I am a big fan of the book Financial Feminist by Tori Dunlap. Um, she talks about like, okay, this this is how you work off debt. this is how you build up uh, a culture of investment and finance and kind of working within our capitalist society. How do we kind of maximize benefit um, while also being responsible and um, good human beings while we're at it, right? So um, I think it's a, a, a great uh, starting point for those who haven't encountered it before. Um, you know it's LGBTQI friendly and supportive. Um, just a really great book so i do think that the you know there are those little practical steps that get us there um even when you're like yes i want a million dollars i mean you can you can get there right like we've people in america do it all the time um is it easy no probably not right and can everyone do it no there is some amount of privilege that comes with certain things right so you've got to Mm -hmm. kind of start (laughs) from where you're at and then this goes into that what I was talking about before about kind of knowing your power equation and what your range and sphere of influence is. Each time you um, kind of push to the boundary of your current sphere of influence, your sphere of influence grows. And so you might start small and then continue to work your way up. Again, it's that bite size of the pie, but instead of cutting it into slices, it's more like expanding the onion ring, right? <laughs> you know, you're going to start from the center <laughs> of the onion, and then you're going to peel your way out. Um, so just some different ways to think of those things
1: yeah and jay i love that uh your example with the 24-hour marriage thing also kind of calls back to what i was talking about with be careful what you wish for uh and you know that is the line that permeates humanity but for me it always like i draw that line from the scene in practical magic when the aunts are helping someone work a love spell around someone specific and the spell that the woman speaks is i want him to want me so much he can't stand it and immediately one of the aunts says, be careful what you wish for. So for me, like that, like you you don't, you know, you kind of know what you want to attract and what you no, you do know what you want to attract, but you don't know how you're going to attract it. And you don't know like what the unintended consequences are. So like, yes, you could attract a partner and get married within 24 hours. But like, what is the reality of that attraction? You know?
0: Okay. I have to pause here. Do we ever know what happens to that lady in that spell? No. Do they ever it, show her again?
1: No. And so that she's lives not rent- one
0: of the witches like, that. one of the ladies that like comes no, nope. the house
1: later. It lives rent free in my head, and I think about it all the time. Like what were the consequences of that
2: wording of that spell? Like I, mean, I think about it all the, be- the time. <laughs> The fact that we don't see them might be a bad sign, so.
0: <laughs> no, but I do think, you know, kind of going back to that movie, the uh, love spell that she does, it's like supposed to be like anti-love spell because there's never anybody that's going to have all these attributes, right? She mm-hmm. goes through and makes the list, but the gathering of the flower petals, that whole process is actually a very valid process um, as far as attraction spells go, so I, <laughs> I I love that they put that in there. Um, if folks are, you know, wanting something right before we hit Valentine's Day, again, It's not about specific people, but making your list of the traits. um, If you have the ability to use flowers that help represent those traits or colors, also another good way. Um, So just throwing that out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So Alyssa, um, a question that I actually had for you, and it's just something that I'd love to just chat a little bit more about is Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about how um, talking about spell work can poison the well. And I've had a couple of different, you know, in my experiences uh, over time, I've had a couple of different viewpoints on this. I've heard lots of viewpoints on this. I'm a person that, um, also kind of believes that we shouldn't, um, you know, spend too much time talking about it because it will exert the energy you need that should actually be going towards the spell. Right. So, um, yeah. I I'm curious what your experience has been with that if you can speak to any examples that have happened before in the past for you.
1: Yeah, I I mean I don't have a lot of I guess I do. Um I've definitely encountered people throughout my life uh especially in my early 20s where I knew people who didn't wish the best for me. Uh and so if I talked to them about things foolishly like even things that not necessarily even spell work but things I was like a job I was trying to find or get uh, or someone I thought was cute or whatever Um, I would find that that sort of well would be poisoned like either I wouldn't hear back from the job or like I got like really negative feedback from the interview or that person that I thought was cute like just like randomly suddenly stopped talking to me or like something weird happened so i definitely encountered that before in my life and I find that with spell work you know it, it's always like cautioned to talk about your spell work um throughout many different flavors of witchcraft and a lot of that is that like sort of you are like you said giving away that energy and taking that energy away from what you're doing but for me it's also just that like you know you could think that you know this person and know that they are supporting you in what you you want, but at the end of the day, like even if their own intention for you is great, like they might have things in their life that might muck up that energy, and um, yeah, it could just get cloudy. That's I guess my word avoiding there is just like, especially if you're trying to attract, especially with attraction magic, because it's like like a magnet; it'll sort of like bring everything into you. <laughs> So keep that energy sort of like closed. I mean, share your joy, share it out, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree that, you know, um, yeah, it definitely can poison the well. I, I'm i also a bit of a, a a person that has that superstition that, you know, when things are going well, if you say that they're going well, you're going to jinx it. Oh yeah. Um, so definitely a be careful what you say person. Like I said before, I have certainly accidentally made myself sick by calling in and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm sick today. And Mm -hmm. well, what do you know later in the day? So I definitely think, uh, being conscious of, of words, having power, especially in attraction work. Um,
1: yeah, Yeah, I 100% as a child manifested a broken arm for myself. (laughs) It was, poor choices poor choices i you know i (laughs) uh, being a child i saw someone in a cast and like getting signatures and stuff and like kind of like love and attention and i was like "Mm, i want that love and attention too and like a few months later i fell off of something that was not that tall landed in a very weird way and guess who had to wear a cast and got signatures and got all that love and attention for like the first half of the school year
0: well hey you got what you
1: wanted I did but let's be careful what you wish for cannot state it enough
2: (laughs) well thank you Uh, community thank you folks here uh, so much for your questions and always a note that if you're joining us later uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out with any thoughts or questions that you may have
1: As we wrap here today, uh, let us take a moment to affirm our covenant as which and as stewards of this planet that we call home.
0: If we listen carefully, we can hear it deep within the hum as it turns in tune with the cycles of life and seasons, the turning of the cosmic wheel. After the darkness comes dawn and after the day sunset lays the world to rest, We honor this cycle, this ebb and flow, beginnings and endings of birth and death, and the path of which as we walk along the wheel, weavers of magic
1: and manifestation. As which we walk the wheel as stewards of nature, honoring and manifesting a cyclical balance. To the roots and bones upon which we stand, we give gratitude to that which came before.
2: As which we walk the wheel as a gatherer of community, for this place we call Earth, and for all the creatures and beings which call this planet home, we offer a safe inclusive space
0: as which we walk the wheel as keepers of wisdom, knowledge, and story by honoring history, learning, and making meaning, we carry forward a wisdom of those who walked before
1: as which we walk the wheel as bridge builders, finding shared visions of a more aware and sustainable future
2: as which We walk the wheel as weavers to know thyself and the energies around us. Through presence and attention, we shape and grow our craft.
0: And so the wheel turns. And whether we feel its impact today, whether joy or sorrow, there will be a day when we too feel the turning,
1: the circle of life. For we are all children of the trees and stars. We are which,
2: with the permission of our ancestors and the blessing of our children, May the magic we raise weave a way forward.
1: so to
0: Hey, kindred witches. Thank you for bringing your magic to this grove and gathering here at the Atomic Hearth for today's Sunday Haven.
1: We look forward to coming together for our next Sunday Haven, currently planned for Sunday, February 18th, uh, where we will get into specifics with uh, attraction spells and charms. And for Seattle folks, uh, join us March 16th. We'll be outside for an early equinox celebration, so stay tuned for more information.
2: And as always, what makes Atomic Witchcraft thrive is all of you. So please join us again, engage us with your questions and thoughts anytime, and consider tossing a coin to your witches if you're able.